This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey there, welcome to the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am your host, Lauren, and I am really, truly delighted for you to listen to this conversation with my dear friend, Nyla Filardo. She has been a guest one time before, way back in the beginning, and she is just such an incredible light. She is an intuitive reader and teacher and channel. And this conversation, we talk about moving through the seasons and finding alignment and things that she's been incorporating and and how we grow and transform and, and stay open to things along our spiritual journey. And we also get pretty deep and raw on the idea of grief. So a little bit of a trigger warning there if you are someone who is in the midst of um, deep grief right now or someone who is um, very sensitive to that, please know that we do talk about that in a very raw and real way, but also so healing, so just like warm and supportive. And so if you are feeling like you are looking to be held in that space, I would definitely encourage you to listen. And then we talk about her course on learning how to connect with your intuition and build a spiritual practice and what it was like to build a course and all of that. So, so much incredible, juicy stuff in this episode, and I can't wait for you to listen. Hi, Nyla. I am so excited to have you here again. I, You were one of my first guests, and now it's been like a year and a half. And even though we've kept talking frequently, um, I'm so excited for everyone to hear you from you again. Yes, hello. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, I cannot wait. I have so much to ask you about. I have so much that I want to check in with you on. And one thing that I thought would be interesting just to start with is that, so I'm here in the Southeast and my kids are starting their fourth week of school and you are in the lovely, very sane and civilized British Columbia and you are in summer. So how is summer life going? Yeah, we're still in the thick of summer. We still have a few more weeks. We don't start until I think the second week in September. And it's been lovely. It's been an incredible summer. We have been living the beach life, going to the ocean, up the mountains, going to the lakes, lots of swimming, lots of just being present. I live in a stunning part of the province and most people come here to vacation. So we like to stick around here in the summer, in the nice months. So that's what we've been doing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, how do you reconcile? Because sh- I know you work with people from all over, as I do. When we are tapping into seasonal energy and the seasons don't seem to always match what is happening in our human lives, how do you navigate that? Because it's, it's interesting for me to be like, okay, it's summer and I'm feeling all these things. And then in practical sense, it's like go, go, go time with my family. There's like a big disconnect. That is so interesting you say that, Lauren, because in the last, I want to say month, I have been noticing so many clients and people are out of sync with the seasons right now. And I have not seen it to such a degree as I have the past few weeks. And you and I didn't talk about this beforehand, but it is something... something I'm seeing. So I have just been acknowledging that within people. And usually that is enough for them to be like, oh yeah, thank you for seeing that. Thank you for 
giving me permission to slow down, even though it's summer, or to move into this time of grief, which is often more associated with fall or winter, or to be in whatever season that they're in at the moment. And the more we can do that, the more that we can meet ourselves exactly where we're at, it allows us to come more and more in sync with nature because we are an extension of nature. But if we're resisting the moment or the phase that we're in, it keeps us more and more disconnected and more and more out of sync. Mm, Yes, that resonates so deeply. And that's exactly what it feels like. It's, you know, I can feel the energy of summer from a spiritual sense and from an intuitive sense and just from you know, the way that I exist in the world, (laughs) but it's like the rest of the population around me, you know, we're in school mode, we're in sports mode and, and all the things. And it's sort of this very interesting dynamic of, you don't want to feel behind. You don't want to feel out of sync with what's happening in like the human practical sense. But then there is this constant, I'm so glad you said this, like coming back home to, okay, but this is what I feel and what I feel isn't wrong. It's not, it's not off. That's my deeper core connection and innate feeling, but it's, it's blending those two together. And even though I feel from a spiritual or, you know, this deeper self, this, this soul self that I'm in this season the world around me has me flowing into a different season. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's such a good point that as humans, but as moms, when we have so much to juggle and we have to show up in a certain capacity, even if we're not feeling that, yeah. to make sure that we are taking that time for ourselves, whether that is eating in the way that we need for our season or taking that time of rest or doing a more active, uh, say, go for a hike and be more in yang energy, if that's what we need, just honoring and taking those moments and prioritizing it, despite the craziness that goes around us all the time. Yeah. And not pushing against it, but finding a place where we can fit it in or where it feels easy. Because I know sometimes it goes the other way where you're like, oh, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be doing this, but you have to be doing this. So it's sort of like finding that rhythm of, okay, I'm going to ease into this, but I'm not going to lose all of myself in the process. Yeah, absolutely. And that's another theme that keeps coming up is martyrdom. Mm. We're, we're just giving, 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 giving at the disservice of ourself. That's a huge collective healing that's going on right now. And thus I'm seeing it so prevalent in clients as well, where where we're acknowledging it and seeing it because it's time to start healing that. And so do you find that that is the process of what happens, that it's sort of, you know, a trickle or it's a whisper, and then the messages get louder and louder as that final separation or busting through a belief or something? Is that what it happens that it sort of like ratchets up until this inflection point? um, And then people are able to move through it? Or is it different depending on the person based on your experience? Based on my experience, I think it'd be different for each person, but it's also very common for that steady increase, Mm -hmm. mostly because we are breaking down that conditioning that what I feel, what I need doesn't matter. So we need it to get louder and louder and louder and more uncomfortable, more obvious for us to then pay attention, Mm. but it doesn't necessarily have to be that way either. Yeah, but I love that. And I'm so glad we're talking about that because I feel like, you know, for people that are becoming more mindful, becoming more aware, one of the the first things that they'll notice is they'll say something and you probably get this too. It's like, oh my goodness, this is happening a lot. They'll start to notice things are coming in threes or like, you're the fourth person that said that to me. And it's like, 
they're starting to connect that, yeah, this message is coming in from a variety of different sources. And that's a first clue that it's something to pay attention to. And then I, for me, it's definitely like, oh my gosh, it's loud, it's loud, it's loud, because it's like that ego is holding on to that for dear life. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, don't change. Come on. We're, we're great here. Let's, let's stay here. And then, you know, you get to the point where, or I get to the point where it's like, oh no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so powerful when we have so many different inputs that are saying a similar message to us. Yeah. It's very hard to ignore then. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, okay, I hear you. And yet it does sometimes take a while because we sort of want to tune that out. And, and I think, you know, we probably all know that deep inside, like that, that is there. And I think that's why it's sort of that appreciation for the repeat messages, the repeat signs. It's sort of like, okay, you're letting me know that it is time to start paying attention to that. And, and, you know, be grateful that that's the way that they're communicating, or that's the way that, you know, you are, your body is processing what needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I'm getting to you as you're saying this, this repeat messaging, that almost the way that our brains are conditioned, our society is conditioned, we have so much input all of the time that if we didn't get those repeat messages, it's like, how do you sift through the millions of inputs that you're getting every day? You, you need to see it again and again to be like, oh, that one was important. I'm going to pay attention. Oh my gosh. That is so true. And yet another reason why, you know, I'm a big turn off the noise, like shut down the things because it is so true that not only is it so challenging to find the right messages, but even to connect to what is yours, what belongs to you, what is coming from within you versus what you have just like picked up or like bombarded by throughout the day. It's, it's, it's a cacophony. One of my favorite words I got to use. I'm very excited <laughs> right now. Um, but that's, that's definitely how it feels. I wanted to ask you too, what things you have been working with lately, like what tools, what guides, And one of the reasons that I'm asking is because I think sometimes people who either, you know, do this for a living or, you know, who just love to practice and play with all the woo, we can either get stuck or feel like this is the lane that I have to stay in. And one of the things I love about you is that you are always just like open and bringing in new, new guides and new tools and new ideas. And I think that that is so beautiful and inspiring And for me, as a manifesting generator, it is so lovely to see it reflected (laughs) that it is okay to change and transform and and play and have all of these new things coming in. Yeah, it's true that I am constantly exploring. I that's part of the reason why I love the energetic realm because it is infinite and we can always be shifting and exploring and expanding curiosities and and just being in this sense of play. So right now, actually interesting enough, before we got on the call, I am holding up a card for Lauren to see right now from the Akashic Tarot. And it is the initiation with Count St. Germain. And since the beginning of June, I'm not a big card person, but because of that, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play around with that. And every day since the beginning of June, I'll pick a card or two in the morning to start playing with it, to start being introduced to that energy. Um, my way that I normally connect with spirit is through people's soul. So the card as an interface, like tarot's Oracle, any kind of cards is not my interface. It is not my, uh, thing that comes easy for me. So I've been playing with that and this card I have gotten like 75% of the time, not an exaggeration. And this card was set with the intention of what our conversation was going to be. And it comes up again. And it's all about connecting into our higher self, this, this energy of initiation and initiating into our multidimensional self into 
our highest power. And for me, our highest power isn't like one single laser point focus. It is knowing that we have this expanse, the spectrum to pull from. Mm. And so it's reminding me that I have so much available to me. I have all these multidimensional aspects, these different fractals, these different guys, these um, different planetary systems that I can connect into. But it's also in, in the picture, there's St. Germain, and then there's four women that are there. So for me, it also reminds me of community mm-hmm. and the power of having conversation with other like-minded people like you, Lauren, or, or building in-person community, which we don't have enough of these days. And so a lot of my focus has been around building community where I live and doing those in-person events. And that creates so much different energy for me than if I'm hold up in my house, you know, you receive either way. It just, for me is such a different energy when I can be in a physical location with a bunch of other, it's usually women, but it people, new information comes in because our energy starts to integrate and hold each other and see each other in a whole new way. So I'm community is a lot of new stuff that I'm focusing on this summer the cards. Um, and honestly resting Mm. like this summer, my intention was going slow for myself. So finding the balance, like summer energy, while also honoring my slowness, like we'll go to the water all the time. And instead of swimming crazy, I'll just lounge in the water. I'll just float in the water. So finding that peace wherever I can and knowing that that is going to build up my tank of reservoir of energy as we go into fall for fall for me is well back to school and it's go and it's structured time and it's go, go, go. So those I would say are my three things I'm playing around most with community cards and just rest. I love that so much. First of all, when you're talking about the card and the expanse, you know, the thing that was coming into me was this idea that we have so much tied to our identities these identities that we create for ourselves. I'm a this, I'm a that, I do this. And and what you were saying to me was so freeing, so liberating that, you know, we don't have to create these definitions and identities for ourselves that we inevitably are going to want to break out of. It's Mm -hmm. like, that's a a system that we've created for, in, in my view, you know, failure or disappointment because, well, I thought that I was this, and now it turns out that I want to do something else or be something else. And if we wouldn't have had that strong, I, you know, ego identity that we put on ourselves in the first place, then it's easy to, to transform. It's easy to pivot. It's easy to sort of like morph into something else. And that goes back to being open to the messages that are coming in, because if we're so hyper-focused on one lens or one identity, then we're not seeing all these mm. beautiful messages that are truly guiding us to our highest expression and our highest freedom and enjoyment in life. Yeah. And I think it's such a newer construct. When you think about, you know, ancient people and someone was like a medicine person, they were a healer. They didn't have to specify, okay, I do Reiki and I connect with the, you know, (laughs) plants and I'm a tarot reader. It was just an energy person. It was just a healer. It was just a person that connected or that had that sort of relationship with spirits. And I feel like it's such like a I mean, I know that people have to put us in a niche. They have to put us in this, you know, I call it like a a mental filing cabinet or a mental Rolodex, you know, and as business people, we need to be able to communicate 
what we do and what we offer and the transformation and all of this stuff. And I understand the benefit of that because, you know, there are so many different inputs. There are so many different things, but I do feel deeply that that is where a lot of people get stuck in trying to create a label for themselves or a, a box from which they serve versus what I hear you saying is that, you know, I, I connect, I'm open and, and whatever is coming into me, you are going to share and, and serve somebody else, somebody's soul in the most beautiful, widest, highest perspective. And I'm just taking a lot of inspiration from that personally right now. And I'm sure um, people listening are too, just, and not even from the work sense, but just thinking about other labels mother, wife, sister, employee, volunteer, you know, these, these labels mm -hmm. that we identify with to give us some sense of, of who we are. And that just puts to me more and more layers or boundaries between us from this human sense and us from the spiritual deeper sense. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. And, and I completely agree with it. There can be so much more fluidity that happens in so much more ease because our physical aspect of us and thus identity and how we show up is like you just said, not fixed and energy. So the spirit of us precedes everything. And the more that we can open up to that and invite that in and, and know that even the physical aspects of us are fluid, it just allows more softness is the best way I can describe it. And, and let's also do a, a note. I'm still very much learning how to integrate all of these things into my life as well. I, I haven't completely dialed it in, but it's, yeah, I, I live through that intention a lot to, yeah. to open to that fluidity. Yeah. I think it's so it's such a beautiful way to approach life. It's such a beautiful way to approach all of the different seasons of our lives. And, and one of the things, one of the so many things that we connect on is our experience with grief and navigating grief. Yes. And um, I don't know if we need a, a trigger warning um, for people, but I would just love to hear how your deepening spiritual practice has helped you navigate that and flow with that. We've had a year, you've had a year. It's just, I know it's been a lot for everyone collectively. And I think one of the many reasons that people are looking for more spiritual support, looking for more intentionality and, and consciousness is because of the overwhelming grief that they feel and just looking to process and move through. And, and I know for me, the deeper I get into my practice, I don't want to say the better I'm able to handle it, but I think I do, I do experience it from a slightly different lens, which is an improvement. So let's just say, let's say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Grief. It's Definitely a big part of our story, you know, individually. And like you said, how we connect big part of my story. And it's, it's an interesting one in that I feel like it is very bi-directional of how my grief has both at times blocked my connection to spirit because it is just too overwhelming, but has also opened it up because you have this rawness, you have this vulnerability that sometimes we don't allow ourselves to open to unless we are put in these positions of deep grief or loss. But then on the, the other side of that, I feel like my inner practice has also allowed me to go deeper into my grief. Mm which is also difficult, but beautiful. <laughs> yeah. You're like, why did I sign up for this again? Yeah. But then once I move through that, so from May until well now-ish and I'm coming up to on September 9th, my mom will have passed 10 years ago. So that's mm -hmm. one part of my grief story is my mom passing. 
So I'm still kind of in that season, um, but not in the depths of it that I was earlier in the summer and late spring. It has allowed me to open for me, I was holding a lot in the back of my heart, which is where we receive in from our back. And I didn't know that I was, I mean, logically I could be like, yeah, I have more grief to work through. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, because I've been on this journey of, of connecting with my grief for so long now, and I've had, unfortunately, many opportunities to connect into grief, I wasn't realizing I was still holding on to so much. And yeah, like I said, over these last few months, I've been going in deeper and deeper and deeper. And the beginning of August, I was held in this container that allowed me to get to a new depth of healing that, which for me was forgiveness, forgiveness of myself, forgiveness of the person. And transforming rage that I was holding into love. Mm. And all of a sudden my back just opened. I didn't realize I was holding so much tension in my back. And then once that happened, after a few days of integrating it, my connection to spirit shifted. There was more ease in which I was receiving. I was opening up even my clairvoyant ability, which isn't my greatest strength. I'm more of a knowing and, and clear sentient feeling mm-hmm. in my body. My clairvoyance increased, which I'm just like, okay, yeah, here's for me, proof in the pudding, the more inner work we do, the greater our capacity to receive these subtle messages because I can hold more. Now I trust myself more. Now I'm a clear channel now to receive this information. So yeah, it goes deeper and deeper. And and the more that I trust myself in time, I'll be able to go deeper and deeper into my grief. And then the cycle continues. Mm, That is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that it is not an easy thing to talk about. It is not an easy thing to experience and to volunteer (laughs) to, you know, to, to go deeper. I think that it is such a it's such a highly personal thing. And also it is one of the, if not the most shared experiences that we have as, you know, people on this planet. And it's just always so interesting to me how, how closed off we -hmm. can feel in sharing about grief. We keep it like to ourselves as if there's you know, some, some shame or some way that we are supposed to have moved through it or supposed yes. to have been over it. There's supposed to be a timeline, you know, for feeling better or different or over it. Or, you know, uh, I once had somebody to me and this was not even that long ago, you know, five, seven years ago. And my dad has been passed since 1999. So a, a, a long, a long portion of my life something about because I got emotional when talking about it, that I must not have processed it, or I must be Mm. holding on to something so much. And it was sort of like, well, you know, I've, I have processed a lot of it. I've been living with this grief for such a long time. And not that there wasn't truth to what they were saying, but there was almost like a stigma or a judgment that was being shared. Like, you're not entitled to still feel sad about something because it's been a certain statute of, there's a statute of limitations on grief. And as we know, there just isn't, and there is spirals of going deeper and deeper. And I think it's so interesting. And I don't know how you experienced this, but even with all of this, this soul work that I've done and, and connecting with, you know, guides and plants and animals and other people, I so rarely if ever connect with my dad with intention. And, you know, this morning I was walking and I invited him to come on the walk with me and I never do that. And so uh, clearly we don't need any psychologist to know that there's something going on. And I, and I really am taking to heart what you said that I think there is um, a deeper 
sadness or pain or something that has prevented this like seamless sort of like, oh yeah, he's with me all the time and we hang out and we, you know, we chill. There obviously is still pain there that has, that is unresolved. And so I don't feel at ease or my body and mind and spirit are not at one with opening that channel for all the time. Uh, Yeah. I have so much to say on this. It's (laughs) yeah. (laughs) When we have someone who passed. So I'm going to use the example of Nate, my partner who passed eight years ago, a few days ago now. Um, he was the one who I was holding that rage against. It wasn't my mom. It was, yeah, my partner mm-hmm. who passed very suddenly days before I gave birth to our daughter. And I had realized I'm going to get emotional here that it was easier to hang on to that rage is easier to have him to blame or something to blame yeah to make a sense of it but it doesn't mean our relationship has to end or be cemented in pain just because our physical relationship just because he's physically gone doesn't mean a relationship can't continue to grow right yeah and I think that that's challenging because it feels like it it's there's a separation at that point and you have continued on and you have grown and you have had all of these other experiences and that's I, literally the exact same thing that I'm experiencing. I was 21. Yeah. How do I build a relationship now, now that he's missed, you know, in quotes, mm-hmm. so much. And I know it's coming up for me because my daughter has a huge milestone coming up. Now I'm going to cry <laughs> in a few weeks. And I just, the, the pain that I'm feeling for him missing that is is something that I never expected to be coming up this many years later. And I literally am crying about it every single day that he's not going to be there for it. And, and so maybe that is what I'm experiencing is, is anger or something deeper than just sadness and pain. I just can't believe that he is not going to be there and he would be over the moon. And, and I had the same experience and he was there for that. And And I feel like, you know, for people listening that think we're like, (laughs) you know, it's, it's this weird thing of wanting to, and struggling potentially to continue a relationship in the, in the, the mind or in the soul or in the spirit with somebody who's not here physically. And how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah. How do we, it's something that I'm, (laughs) that I'm trying to figure out, but I think it's really important that we're talking about these things because like you said, as a society, as a culture, we hold this belief, oh, it's been X amount of years, you should be over it, I should be over it, but what I'm learning is we're kind of constantly given these opportunities to go deeper, like these milestones, Mm -hmm. you know, the year of first, as one of my dear friends calls it, and I've taken on that saying the year of first, you know, the first Christmas without them, the first birthdays, the first whatever, that is extremely difficult. But then there's going to be new opportunities, like you'll have a baby or you'll get married or you'll, you know, whatever that milestone is with, with your children. And it's like, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's this new opportunity to hold grief. And it's actually a really beautiful thing because how could you possibly process all of that at the beginning? Right. You, you just don't have the capacity to your brain, your heart, it, it would be impossible. So this way, it's like it's slow release, allowing us to go deeper. And instead of suppressing it, oh, I should be over it. Oh, I should be not holding on to the pain. If we allow ourselves to feel it and then talk about it, like we are, other people can be like, fuck 
Yeah. That's what I'm feeling too. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. We're not broken. We're not damaged. Yeah. We don't need in-depth help or therapy. Although if you do, please go find it. Um, <laughs> yes. To that it, it, I love, love, love that perspective is that it comes in pieces because that's the way that we are meant to process it. How that makes so much sense. How could we possibly handle every layer, every little nook and cranny of grief at the same time? We, we would not get out of bed again. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it came again, my mom has been gone almost 10 years and my kids went to this camp for the first time and like got so upset that my mom wasn't a part of that. I'm like, yeah. like, how could I have conceived that when right. I didn't even have kids when my mom passed. So, you know, there's no possible way, but it's such a mundane thing. But then the moment I'm like, Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And being, and, and feeling entitled and empowered to feel it and know yeah. that that is going to shift and change. I mean, as we've experienced that, there's years that we have these anniversaries that are devastating. I've ha- I have had years where I, I don't want to get out of bed for the day when it's yeah. his birthday or the anniversary of his passing or Father's Day. And then there's years where I'm like, okay, I'm, I've integrated this. Like he's with me. I feel this, but it's not like every year is like progressively better. A a terrible year comes out of nowhere. Yes. And I'm learning the more that I go through it, the greater compassion I can have for other people too, because it's, you know, the sadness that I hold or this rage or this grief or whatever, it's not because I'm not processing it. Right right? I'm very actively all the time. It's a big, big part of the inner work that I do around my mom and Nate is processing that grief. And yeah, I will talk about it still and I'll still cry. And it's not proof that I'm not doing the work. For me, it's proof that I'm feeling it even more, even more, even more. Yes. And we're talking about grief of losing somebody, but people are grieving and I believe can have the same grieving process for, you know, a relationship that has ended, a a friendship that has ended, an identity that they no longer have. You know, there's so many different types of grief. And in my opinion, there's, there's no hierarchy. Grieving for a marriage or a life that you thought that you were supposed to have or wanted to have that it turns out is not in the cards for you is, is the same grief. Grief, grief is grief. We don't have to place judgment on each other for what that is. And I feel like yeah, there can be such a, a shame, a stigma about like still, oh, I'm still upset. I'm still feeling it. I'm still moving through it as if there's some check mark that happens and you, you don't go backwards. Yes. I'm so glad that you shared that because it is a sentiment that I hold as well. I feel like the more intimate I become with grief, the more I realize that the essence of grief is happening all the time. And the more that we can name it, because Yes, those larger griefs of death or loss are one more known in our society, but simultaneously not talked about in our society. So then, like you said, uh, selling of a car or uh, a breakup or, or whatever it is, that's still grief. The essence of it is still the same. And the more intimate I become with my grief, the more I, I realize and see it in yeah, so many aspects and all of it needs to be honored. Yeah. Thank you for sharing so vulnerably and, and just authentically. Um, I'm so grateful to you. And I know that so many people listening um, might be wiping away tears, but, but also, I mean, first of all, anyone that knows me knows that I probably cry about something every day. And I have always felt bad about it. I have, I, for Mm -hmm. not, not anymore, but for the longest time throughout my childhood, my, you know, my 20 growing up, I felt I'm too sensitive. There's something wrong with me. I'm too emotional. I'm all of these things. And it took connecting with 
my soul, with my spirituality, to know that that is one of my superpowers, to know that being, you know, sensitive or being emotional or being feeling is how I connect. It's how I can hold space for someone. It's how I can walk into a room and know what's going on with someone without them saying a word. And for people listening that have been told that it is not a bad thing. It's not an easy thing. It's something Mm -hmm. that we as empaths have to work extra hard at having boundaries and having, you know, cleaning rituals. And, you know, I want to talk about your course and energetic hygiene and all of that, but it's not in, in itself. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad trait. It's just something we need to learn to work through. Yes. And you're speaking directly to my heart. I am the exact same way and have (laughs) gone through those same things and bless my husband for learning how to hold space for just the tears that come. He'll just know it just has to pass. And then I can (laughs) process and talk. Yeah. It's, it's just who I am. But like you said, it, it allows me as well to be the powerful conduit and mirror for other people to hold space for other people, because it's like, maybe you're not ready to feel that rage. You're not ready to feel that grief, but I feel it so strong in my body. And because of the intimate nature of grief and the work that I've done with many other things, not just grief, I can recognize it very quickly Mm. and know that it's not mine and hold that mirror up for you how are you feeling right now? How is your grief process going, Lauren? And then you then have that permission or that mirror up for you to go, oh shit. Yeah. That's what I've been feeling. Right. And it allows it to flow. It is definitely a superpower, as you said. Oh, I love that. Tell me about the course that you've made. I know you talked about community. And so I know that this is a big part of it. And um, I've gotten to have a little bit of a behind the scenes look at it, but you are launching your second cohort of this incredible course. And so tell everybody what it is and how you came to develop this. I know people listening are both wanting to create their own things and also looking for, you know, the kind of support that you offer. Yes. So the course is called welcome home and the name itself is very important to me because it holds the essence and intention that you are walking yourself back home. So the premise or, or the reason why I've created welcome home is to open the doors to your intuition. It is to connect you into these subtle messages and understanding and psychic development for yourself and knowing it is, I get reminded of this all, all the time for my guides that I am simply holding space for folks to remember their own power within them, their own unique way of connecting into their intuition, their psychic abilities, and they will start receiving things or, or remembering ancient knowings beyond what I can even conceive right now. But I created this course to walk people safely through connecting in. Um, the, the way that I say it is, For me, my non-negotiables for people learning how to connect in is safety. So doing clearing, having boundaries, um, doing grounding. Not walking around like little energetic sponges, (laughs) picking up everything from everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So one, there's consent there, right? You, You don't necessarily have permission to connect in or like details of connecting in of, of other people. Um, but that you don't have to take on all of their stuff as, as if it's your own. So I teach people, you can learn to connect in just enough that you receive the information and then you disconnect so that you're not drained, so that you um, can have this connection that is sustainable for you because gifts like empathy or any intuitive or psychic gifts is not sustainable. If we are drained, if we are hurt, if we are in that martyrdom energy, mm. it, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve anyone. 
because your gifts are then kind of put on the back burner on the shelf collecting dust, but we need you out there shining your gifts. So I teach people how to do that safely and welcome home. That's the, the beginning of it. And then as we move along in the phases, there's five phases. It's a 10 week course split into five phases and then five community connection calls that um, tie it together and, and allow for coaching and integration of that. But as we move along in the five phases, there is, I teach you how to connect into your spirit team. I teach you what's the difference between imagination and intuition. I teach you um, how to channel. So demystifying channeling. I teach you how I connect into the soul and embodiment practices and all the things that I wish that I had at the very beginning, all of the things over my 15 year experience of being in the energetic realm, what's worked for me and what hasn't worked for me. Mm. And then we have a bonus phase, which is the, the energetics of, of business by you, Lauren, which I'm so grateful that you contributed to that because as we talk about community, it's not my expertise. And so I'm very honored to have you sharing your gifts and your expression as a part of the course. So thank Aww, you. I'm so grateful. I love doing it. And it, it is true. There is an energy to everything, to every living thing, every non-living thing, every, you know, relationship. And, and I think the idea of approaching things with that intentionality, that there is this energy behind it. And what do I want to bring to it? And what do I want to take from it? And it just changes the way that you approach everything in life. But certainly for people that are looking to do, you know, a spiritual or a soul-based business, or just people who want to integrate that into their current career or life. But I love everything that you offer in this course, because I think Again, so many people are looking for, and this is what I hear from my clients, they, they feel lost, they feel stuck, they, they're not sure what to do, they're looking for validation, support, and yes, we are so fortunate that there's a community of people that can, you know, provide help, and also to be able to cultivate that within yourself is, I mean, truly such a gift to be giving people. And I think people, people do think, and I certainly did that this is for a few people, like only mm -hmm. a few people have access to this or like, wow, they must have this incredible family history or lineage, or it's got to be passed down. And and the way that you make it so approachable and so accessible that this is this is the gift that we've all been given. This is yes. our innate ability and, and right to be able to have access to this. And, and it's just like, you definitely, I mean, it's still so mystical and mysterious and it's available to everybody. Yes, absolutely. It is. And we're just not taught how yeah. to, how to clear our energy or that it, it's normal to walk into a room and feel if someone's safe or not. You know, that is your intuition. We use our intuition every single day. It's just not talked about. And so we're not taught how to hone that gift or strengthen that gift or how my gift is a slightly different expression than your gift. Mm -hmm. And absolutely everyone has the ability to develop that skill that any ability of them if they, if they choose, if they wish. And for me, welcome home is this expression of that, not just for folks who want to be intuitive, want to be psychic, want to be mediums as like a overall title. It's for people who are therapists, who are teachers, who are nurses, who are nutritionists, who are any expression and bringing it into your job. Because like you said, we are this physical human aspect and we're this energetic aspect. And the more that we can merge these two, the, the greater we can show up and create more impact and, and be in our authentic expression. 
Right. And be able to be in an authentic community and, and yes. hold space for each other and, and come from a place of, of love and genuine heartfelt concern and being able to, when somebody has a question or somebody needs help or somebody's in crisis, you know, not coming from a place of, I have to fix this person or I have to like take this pain away. But, you know, what, what can I do from this boundary space, still be able to help, still be able to provide support or guidance or lift somebody up or, you know, whatever we do in our, in our jobs and in our families, um, while not completely losing ourselves, you're either closed off or you're just like wide Wide open. open. (laughs) And that's not, it's not sustainable, nor is it fulfilling. And so, um, I love that you are offering this and, and how was it in, in creating this? How, give us like a, a little bit of insight into what it takes to put a course together for those of us like me who have had it on my list to do forever. And I'm like, I'm just gonna kick the can on that a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not necessarily bad, right? We can have this knowing we can be playing around with an idea and it doesn't necessarily mean we need to put pen to paper as soon as it comes in. Sometimes we need to keep receiving more and and playing around with it. But for me, I was doing one-on-one intuitive readings, connecting into people's souls, um, empowering them on their journey. And it became clearer and clearer because it kept coming up client after client after client that people wanted to learn how to do this on their own, that everyone had the ability and access to do it on their own. And so I was guided by spirit to share, you know, how I'm doing grounding, how I'm doing clearing, how I'm connecting in. And I realized that this needs to be shared at a a larger scale so that I could create more impact, that Mm -hmm. it wasn't just my few clients who held this interest that, yeah, a larger scale was awakening to this knowing within them. So I just started writing down ideas. And my very first iteration of this course, I called in a few of my clients who those messages were coming through. I think there was maybe 10. And Laura and I literally, we decided to meet every week. I had nothing set before I started. It was in flow. I I just knew by, I don't know, say it was a Wednesday, that next Wednesday, I had to have the next amount of information mm-hmm. through. And so it was very, and they knew that I was very transparent and open about that, that it was just live coming through. And I learned a lot from that experience. Yeah. And, but one of the main takeaways and that we've been talking about this is community that everyone loved that we moved through it together that when one person had a question usually everyone else had that same question but they either weren't comfortable asking or maybe didn't have the right wording to ask it and so it allowed everyone to to learn and hold space and be mirrors and yeah ask those questions for each other and they gained so much from that and so that's why I learned that with the course that I wanted to do in cohort so that we could all move through together and it allowed for accountability. It allows for expanded learning. It allows for holding space and acting. But I also learned that there were definitely things that I missed, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing it in the moment. And so I was able to, because I had it written down, I was able to then take a step back. And it took me almost a whole year before I even looked at it again. Mm. When I had finished those, I think we did it in five weeks, maybe, maybe four, it was four weeks. I was like, Oh, I'm in the flow. I'm just going to go through it right away. And every time I went to go open that document, I couldn't. And I created this story for a while too, that it wasn't good enough, or I don't know enough, or you know, all of these stories that came up, but I just let it sit for, yeah, almost a year. And then when I was ready and part of why I was ready is I had these other clients who are like, okay, when's your course going to come out? When's your course going to come out? I'm like, okay, I got to get over this. 
And I was able to have this broader perspective and see where I missed points, see where I wanted to expand things. There was a whole bunch of new information that came through because as I'm learning, I'm sharing what I'm learning. I hold this really strong belief that what I have learned, what I am learning is not for me to hold. It is to be expressed and and shared with others. I, I can't hoard this knowledge. I want everyone to be uplifted. I want everyone to be in their authentic divine power because, and part of it, Lauren is selfish. Like, could you imagine everyone in the world who is held in this guidance, who, or I should say, consciously knows they are held in this guidance, Mm -hmm. who who are supported, that it would just be such a beautiful place to live. I mean, it would be so incredible. And then by the way, we could all be like communicating telepathically. So I could just be like, Hmm, I have a question. I'm just going to like close my eyes and think of Nyla and you'll just, and I'll just be like, Oh, there we go. Now I've got that solved. (laughs) And there would be millions of us doing that. So that would be awesome. (laughs) It would. Yeah, exactly. And the more compassion and yeah, all of the things, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was, there's definitely a selfish reason I have to say, but it's selfish in an expansive way. And so I just gave myself permission that even now I call it a live course. I am constantly revamping it, adding things, um, even for this next cohort. So a part of phase one is embodiment. And since I wrote that, a year ago now, I have expanded my own embodiment practice. So I'm going to share what is working for me now. And it's this knowing that all I need to know is the next step, because then I'll keep building and building and building. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. It just has to start. And that's how Mm. you know. Okay. Everybody needs to rewind and listen to that part again. It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to start screaming that from the rooftops that we let that, that idea of it has to be perfect. And I have to be the expert and everybody's going to look at me and think about me. And we create all of these stories in our head and you are at the most, you know, you strip that all away. What I heard you saying was you are sharing your experience for the benefit of others. And Mm -hmm. how could that, how could any of us go wrong with that, with anything that we're doing at any point in life? We can't be responsible for how it's received. We can't be responsible for what somebody takes and does. You're sharing your experience for the betterment of others. Like how beautiful. Yeah. And I'm very upfront about that, that even with my kids, like how I just live life. I don't have all the answers or this is a live course I'm learning. Please give me feedback and we can grow this together. And knowing that, yes, I'm holding the container of welcome home. I can put the label, the identity of teacher, but it doesn't mean I know everything. And as a community, please, I'm so open to hearing your expertise and knowledge and insight. And just because my truth looks different than your truth, it doesn't mean that it's wrong or that I'm wrong. It's, we offer different pieces of the puzzle. And I, I just love creating that community space where it's openness, it's respectful, it's please share your insight. I'm always learning, but that's how I get better. And where I am today is because I allow myself to be messy. Yeah, yeah, it's messy. It's messy out there. We just gotta keep going. There's no... There's no failure. There's no, I mean, even wrong, like, okay, so you, okay. Yeah. yeah, Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a safe space. It's a safe space to, to, yeah, quote unquote, get it wrong. Right. And you know, it was just coming in when you were saying that is that if somebody is feeling called to be part of your course, be part of any group, any volunteer opportunity, any relationship, any work, anything that exchange is always there. You're always there to, to give and receive. There isn't a hierarchy of one over the other, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And the more I feel like we just as humans can walk around the world that way, that 
even if you call yourself an expert in a field, if you have a conversation with someone, always go in with a mindset. I could learn something new. Yes. Yes. Daily, hourly, (laughs) minute by minute. (laughs) I have learned so much from you as always tell everyone how they can find you, how they can access you and your beautiful work in this world. Yeah, so all of my stuff is my name, Nyla Falardo, F-A-L-A-R-D-E-A-U. So my website's nylafalardo.com, Instagram, Nyla underscore Falardo, I think on Facebook, Nyla Falardo Integrated. All of it is my name, the course Welcome Home. It is open for enrollment registration but we start together on September 15th so the doors close September 10th so that I can hold that container and and truly I get very intentional and have this ritual and hold the safety of that portal for everyone in it and yeah that's that's it thank you so much for having me oh I am so grateful for you for for you continuing to hold space for me and all of my ups and downs and lefts and rights and and growth. And um, thank you for sharing again. Thank you so much, Lauren. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to the Open to Alchemy podcast. You can find more about me on all the social places, Instagram, Facebook, Clubhouse at open.to.alchemy. That's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.